It's so great to be back here. You guys are nice people. Praise God. Okay, the last time I was here, uh, for those who are here, I told you that um, in Uganda there's this thing that goes on between the preacher and the congregation. You don't preach alone. So when the preacher says, praise the Lord, the congregation usually replies, amen. So praise the Lord. Good. Same thing happens when we say hallelujah. Everybody again says amen. Hallelujah. That's good. It's such a privilege to be back at Antioch uh, in the body of Christ with you guys. And the last time I was here, my wife was pregnant. And right now we have a, a three-month-old baby. She's so cute. <laughs> I didn't know she was going to do that. <laughs> Uh, let's pray and then get into the word. Father, I'm so excited for today because I believe you have a word for, for us all today. That you're going to speak to us today. We prepare our hearts to receive from you, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you will be glorified in this service. Thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, you know, when you're growing up there, a few, thing, a few moments in your life as you grow up that for some reason you never forget. Uh, they happen when you're a little, a little kid, but you don't forget them. And one of those moments for me is the first day I had ice cream. Yes. Uh, my first ice cream test came when I was, I think, eight or nine years old. And we had to do a deal with mom. Um, there was this evangelist who had come and made a big campaign in one of the stadiums in Uganda, and it was about eight miles away from where we were staying. And mom didn't have transport for all of us to go, and she wanted to take me. And we had to walk the eight miles or to take a taxi. She didn't have enough money to take the taxi, so she said, if you walk eight miles with me to the evangelistic crusade, then I'll buy you ice cream. And I'm, what's ice cream? She said, it's the sweetest thing you'll ever test in life. So I went with mom, and all the while the evangelist was talking whatever I was talking, and I was looking for an ice cream man to come and buy around. Finally came around and it was, mom was right. She, for some reason she's always right in so many ways. Uh, but she was right that day. Ice cream was the best. I remember that day, but I don't only remember the ice cream. I also, I don't remember so much of what this evangelist said, but I remember the banner that he had put on the pulpit. The banner said, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, this happens to me every time now I have ice cream. That banner kind of comes to. <laughs> and I tell you this story because of the message that I am bringing you today. Uh, the message is, Jesus 
still calms the storm. Jesus still calms the storm. We are going to be looking at a passage in Matthew chapter 8. For those of us who came with our Bibles today, uh, we are going to open in Matthew chapter 8 from verse 23 to 27. And for those that didn't come with our Bibles, it's all right. Um, we are Christians. We love each other. And uh, it doesn't make you more of a Christian because you came with your Bible or not. But uh, we can share. For those who have Bibles and you can share with others, it's good. Matthew chapter 8, verse 23 to 27. Verse 23 says this, Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Without warning, a furious storm came upon, up on the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. Verse 25, The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds obey him. What kind of man is this? Even the winds obey him. Jesus still comes the storm. Now, Matthew sets out in this book to tell, to, to tell his audience, which was mainly the Jews, the Jewish audience, that the man Jesus who had walked along their streets was not simply a man. He was more than what any man could be. He was God. And uh, if you really don't believe it. He had authority. I mean, authority not over people alone, but also over creation. Uh, not only over creation, but over uh, whatever was happening. Even when the lake was getting so bad, he could calm the storm. And the thing with God is, he never changes. God stays the same. He's... He is always God. And so, if Jesus is God, He is always the same. Now, the passage that we have read, we began, of course, midway, chapter 8. Uh, midway, the story begins with Jesus doing so many miracles. People come to Him and the Bible says He healed all of their diseases. And uh, His disciples are walking with Him. They're witnessing all these mighty works that he's doing. And at one time, he, he, I think he's exhausted. He wants to get away. He tells his disciples in verse 18, let's give them an order to get into the boat. For some reason, other people are still coming and interrupting him. And there's this guy comes and says, hey, I'm going to follow you all the while. And Jesus says, man, I, foxes have where to stay. I don't have where to stay. Another one comes and says, hey, I will follow you, but let me first bury my brother. Um, 
says, let the dead bury their dead, and then after that, he walks into the boat. And his disciples follow him. We are all followers of Jesus. And uh, it is an amazing thing to follow Jesus. Because you get to witness a lot of what God gets to do with people in people's lives. More especially in your life. Imagine with me these disciples. Jesus gets in the boat. We all decide to follow him. We sit in the boat. We've been witnessing what awesome works that he has been doing. Uh, miracles after miracles. Healing after healing. Great things are happening. Man, we are so excited. We get the, even the opportunity to sit in the same boat with Jesus. It can't get any better than it, does it? Praise God. Now, however, as you are sitting in this boat, all of a sudden, clouds begin to come. Rain from nowhere begins to drop, and it's heavy rain. The wind blows like nothing. All of a sudden, water is going over the boat, and before you know it, Jesus is in the boat with you, but there's a storm and things are not going so well. <laughs> you remember that experience when you, you had just given your, your life to Jesus? When you had just come to Him? I, I think it's the most amazing experience you can go through giving your life to Christ, and you know, you are clean. You know, he has taken all your burdens. You feel like something has lifted up off your shoulder. You've become a child of God. You've been born again. I don't know, but for me, the first day, I cautiously said, Lord, you know what? I want you to become Lord of my life and come in my life. Be my Lord and Savior. That was one of the most exciting days for me. I mean, I was still uh, in high school, gave my life to Christ, and it felt like all the junk in my life had just gone away. I took a week fasting and praying. I felt like no devil in hell would come against me that I would not stand against. It was all going well. But the thing is, for those of you that, and us that have walked with Christ for some time, you know there are those times when the storm comes. If it hasn't come, Rest assured, it will. <laughs> Storms come. And they manifest themselves in very different ways, various ways. And trust me, it is scary. No one wants to face a storm in life. And the Bible says that Without warning, one time things are going so well. You wake up one morning and everything 
has gone so wrong. It seems like all hell has broken loose. And you do not even understand how on earth did I get at the point that I am in. You look on this side and there is no help. You look on that side and there is no help. And you are left and you know Jesus is with you but he is asleep. Have you ever asked God, where are you today? And I, as I was preparing for this message, I got a strong sense that God wanted me to pass this on to maybe somebody here. It might be one. Or it might be many of us that are facing tough times. Tough challenges. And as the, a preacher of God's word the Bible says the preacher of God's word can do a few things, several things. You can correct when there's error. You can rebuke when it's necessary. But also, you are called to encourage. And I feel like today I've been encouraged. I've been called to encourage someone today who is going through a very tough time. Who it feels like the circumstances around you are like big waves that are trying to swallow you up and you feel like you have no help from nowhere. You've been a Christian for so long or, or you became a Christian yesterday but things don't seem to work out. It feels like God is a little further from where you really would have wanted him to be. Things are not working out the way you thought they should. And Jesus is in your boat, but he's asleep. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, somebody. The Bible says that when the storm came, the disciples decided to wake Jesus up. They went to him and said, Lord, save us. Lord, save us. We are drowning. And I think that when we are faced with such terrible times, the best thing you can do is call him up. Call Jesus. Now, the disciples are interesting guys because you know that most of them were fishermen skilled to handle the storms like that. They are guys that uh, have been on the lake, grown up on the lake. So, they know when the storm comes and they know when to cry out. Praise God. There, there are some times when even your skills cannot help. 
when the friends around you cannot help, when all the people you had banked on, you had rested on, are not help, and all you are left with at this time is Jesus. But we praise God because He is in the boat. Praise God. And the Bible says, they cried out and said, Lord, save us. We are drowning. And I just imagine people with the boat rocking side and side, the winds blowing, rain coming down so heavy. I, I wonder what kind of working, what kind, how they would have gone to Jesus. I, I wonder whether they would say, Master, save us, we are drowning. Oh, would they just, Master, would they shout? I, I don't know, but I, I know, I, 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 I've, one day I was about to drown and I know what happened that day. I know what I did that day so that I do not drown. Praise God. Uh, you guys, uh, most of the American homes have indoor plumbing. And um, so the water is right available for you there. I didn't grow up that way. Um, we had to fetch water from a well. And the, the wells are in swamps. But also the swamps are used to mine sand, to get sand. Now, the guys that get sand dig deep ditches. But they first dig, they'll dig one layer that is really shallow, up to about the knees. And then they will also dig another ditch which is so deep to get the sand. And you know, boys, we like to test out everything. So this one day, mom sends me early in the morning to go and fetch water at this well. And so many boys are there, and I don't know how to swim. I don't, even up now, I don't yet know how to swim. But I loved water. So I go to this well to fetch water, leave my jerry can um, at the well and begin going in the ponds. Now, I saw friends of mine, they were walking around the ponds, the water was up to their knees, I thought I could do it. So I walked, but I went past where that was and I began sinking. And for some reason, I just made this great shout, I'm sinking! And raising my hands up like that, and w with water in my face, I could not see anything. I just could feel, but I felt someone grab my hand like this and pull me up. Lord, save us. We are drowning. Sometimes... The only thing you can do when you're drowning is shout. 
Jesus is waiting for all of us to call upon him, to shout and say, Lord, we are out of all the stakes. Please come and help us. I don't think Jesus was, was not aware of the circumstances of the disciples. I really don't think so. Because with that wind and water pouring out in the boat, I'm sure he was waiting, watching them, sleeping, but aware of what is happening. He knows it is a storm, yes, and he's waiting to see what are they going to do right now in this storm. And I think the times of testing and times of trying come to us, the Bible says, to protest our faith. Praise the Lord. The storm comes to see how much are you trusting God? Where is your faith? And it could have been very easy for the disciples to begin working out and trying to figure out how to get the boat to keep on course, how to, to, let, to conquer the storm. Allow me to point something here an observation about America, having come from outside, that I realize. I find that um, one of the biggest, I think, challenges that um, the Christians here face is you guys have a lot of options. When one thing closes here, Quick and quick you were able to think of, how about this? Oh, and then you're quick to think through those options and sift through. So if this door closes, how about this one? This door closes, how about this one? Now where I come from, options are really few. Um, we don't have a lot of options. And many of, of the times I've found myself faced with these deep challenges and the only option I have is God. If he doesn't help at this point, at that point, I'm done. I remember when I was 12, I told you last time I was here, I told you the story of my dad. He forsook us just before I was born and went off. But my dad was a well-to-do man. He was a bank manager, had a lot of money but forsook us. Now, when I was around the age of seven, my mom found him, and uh, my elder brothers were beginning to go to high school. She challenged him and said, man, if you don't take care of my kids, I'm going to take you to court. And she, he knew mom meant what she said. So they made this kind of deal. We finish elementary school, then you go to high school, you go and begin staying with dad, and he takes you to a very good school. And that's what had happened with my brother and my sister that followed him. Now, at 12, I was in my last year in elementary school, going to finish, uh, going to high school the next year, and I was so excited. I'm going to, had applied in such a very great school, knowing my dad is going to pay the bill. 
guess what? That very same year, my dad dies. And uh, we went to the funeral. And um, it was tough, especially on mom, because she didn't know. She has a child, two children who are already in high school. He has been taken care of. She can't. And here I am also. I'm getting ready to go to high school. But the guy who was going to take us to school is dead. And she was really, really weeping bitterly. She wept so much that even after the burial, I would come and look at her and she's just crying. But for some reason, inside me rose up a song. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. And I came over to mom and I began singing that song to her. And said, mom, God is going to take care of us. And she believed that. We came back home and she told us, come here, all of us, four of us. She said, we are beginning seven weeks of prayer and fasting. We are waiting on God to make a way where there seems to be no way. After seven days, my brother got a job that he was able to work and take himself through school. I was able to get a sponsor. Someone took me to school through high school and paid my, my whole school. My sister was also able to go, to, to go through schools. Uh, I'm telling you this to say that when our options are crunched, when the wind blows, when the storm comes, let's call upon Jesus. Let's call upon God. Let's pray. Let's take time and seriously pray. And seriously call upon God. Fall on our knees and say, Lord, save us. Praise the Lord. He is willing and he is able. The Bible says he is more than able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond that which we ask or even think of according to the power that is at work in us. God has placed himself in us through the Holy Spirit. And trust me, if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Jesus is in your boat. Jesus is here with you. And the good news is, he still comes, the storm. Praise God. He still comes, the storm. Now, when the disciples wake Jesus up, Jesus wakes up, I imagine he even puts a smile on his face. Rebukes the storm and says, You of little faith, why are you afraid? He got up and rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. You know what that says to me? Now, so much can be said about you of little faith and how much, but for me, what it says to me is, really, Jesus looks at our circumstances and they're huge to us 
And I'm sure he understands that they are of great concern to us. But to him, he looks at them and he smiles at them. Because he's God. He looks at it and despises our storm. Ye of little faith. This is not too big for my God. Because our God has specialized in the impossible. Praise God. When things don't seem to be going so well, I believe that those are moments when God takes the opportunity to glorify himself, to bring honor and glory to his name. Hallelujah. So Jesus wakes up and looks at the disciples and says, you of little faith. What is, what is huge in your eyes is not huge in my eyes. I can deal with it. And he did. And they were all amazed. The Bible says they were all amazed. And says, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. I don't think that the disciples were just making a, a side comment. I think they were really amazed, like the Bible says. I believe the word of God. I believe they were really amazed and they are, whoa, we thought he was another man like us. He's different. Trust me, brother and sister who is here. Jesus is different. He is God. And he lives in you. And he loves you. And he is concerned about your life. And he chose you for a purpose. There is a reason why he has given you the opportunity to experience what you are experiencing. Whether it is good, whether it is bad, there is a reason behind it. Jesus wasn't shaken by the storm because I believe he knew that one day there will be people in Antioch Church in the year 2009, on August, who will be listening to a sermon like this, who needed to be encouraged. And it was for a purpose that he let the storm come and the disciples experience it. He was telling us, I have authority over whatever you may encounter. I have the power over any influence. I have authority. And I believe he's still saying even up to today. I have authority. I have power over any storm, over any circumstance that you may encounter. And I'm going to use it to bring glory and honor to my name. That at the end of it all, everybody will look at you and glorify God who is in heaven. And say, whoa, what kind of God are you serving? Praise the Lord. We were the least in my clan. We were the least. Jesus has done so much with us and with our family that right now many 
of my mother's siblings are coming to Christ. All of the people at the side of my dad have finally come to know Jesus Christ because of what God has taken us through. God doesn't waste experiences. What you are going through, however tough it might be today, Jesus says, I still can calm the storm and show the world that I can make something beautiful out of what wasn't beautiful. I can make something great out of what, that which wasn't great. I still calm the storm, says Jesus. Praise the Lord. And as I end today, I want us to do something. I want us to take some time, each one of us, to bow down our, your head, close your eyes, and speak to Jesus about whatever kind of storm, because it's only you who can describe that kind of storm that you've been going through. Just bow down your head and talk to him. I'm sure he's waiting for your voice. We thank you, Jesus, because you not only hear our prayer, but you answer our prayers, and you still come the storm. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. So whenever I eat ice cream, I remember Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he calmed the storm that day, he still calms the storm. God bless you.